The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome to it, the Monday night edition of it is uh, seven minutes after seven here. And look at that phone lines already open, ready for you. We know you have questions. Andrew Goldberg has answers. It's a really simple process. Pick up a phone, ask your question, get down the right road to some knowledge when it comes to your job, whether it's temporary layoff, whether it's related to COVID-19. Or just a regular termination, uh, termination, severance. You've always wondered what it would be like. Uh, you feel something's coming down the pike. You're not sure. Your spidey sense has been going off in these uh, strange times to have a job anywhere in this uh, in this country, this province uh, at all. So feel free to call us and just ask a basic question or otherwise. 416-870-6400. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We will endeavor to get to some emails a little later on the show if we have time between uh, some other talking points. And uh, some phone calls tonight. We'll tackle this as well. Termination of employment, setting the record straight. That's what I'm talking about. We'll get to that after a couple uh, couple things you want to talk about first, Andrew, with the uh, the week that was, brother. How are you? I'm well, John. How are you doing? Awesome, man. Ready to uh, ready to roll. Go for it. What do you got to say? So I wanted to talk a bit about uh, a call I had this morning. It's something I hear all the time, so I thought it'd be a good good thing to share with the listeners. So a woman called me today and she says, Andrew, I was let go from my job. I'd been there for eight years and they offered me an eight month package. And on the surface, that actually seems pretty good. A month per year of service could be right in there. But after talking to her for a bit, we get to the bottom of the fact that they only offered her her base salary. And she was upset because the company's year end was October 31st. So she had already worked the entire uh, fiscal year for the company. But they told her that because she was not actively employed on the date that her bonus was to be paid out, which would be in December, she will not receive her 2020 bonus. And this was, you know, notwithstanding the fact that she had actually worked the whole year and her bonus was substantial. It was worth $30,000. So we talked and I told her, listen, I know they're offering you eight months on paper of base salary, but you need to make sure you get these bonus amounts. So you know, on the one hand, not only is she entitled to her bonus for the year work being 30000 but if she does get an eight-month notice period, severance period, she'd also be entitled to her bonus for that eight-month period as well, which would be another 20000 So if she didn't call me, she could have very well left fifty grand off the table. And it's just a reminder for our listeners, it's not only about how many months or weeks of severance you're getting. You need to make sure that the severance amount includes all compensation, whether it be your bonus, your benefits, your allowances, whatever. Everything that the company does to compensate you, you should be getting that as part of your severance package. 416-870-6400. That is the number to call through and ask your questions. Uh, case number two, what is it? So, so number two is another thing we're hearing more of these days, uh, simply by virtue of the fact that COVID's getting worse. Yeah. And it's something we heard a lot of in March and April, which is individuals who contact our firm and they say, look, our employer wants us to come into the workplace, but I'm nervous because the numbers are going up with this pandemic. I don't want to commute to work. I don't want to be in the office around other people. Do I have to go into the workplace? Uh, which is a very valid question. And to be honest with you, I personally sympathize with these people that want to work from home. Um, But the reality is people have to keep in mind that are listening, 
you do not have the automatic right to work from home. It is not a right that all employees have. So if you're just simply apprehensive or anxious about the pandemic, that's not enough to, you know, have your employer, you know, uh, per, you know, compel your employer to let you work from home. Now, albeit if you have a legitimate health issue, if you have an autoimmune disorder or so, some kind of disability or illness, which necessitates that you can't be in the workplace, if your doctor supports that, then of course your employer has to accommodate that. You can be at home. You don't. You can't be forced to go to work. Maybe if you have childcare obligations, that's another scenario where your employer must accommodate you so that you can be at home. But if these situations don't exist and you on your own accord decide not to go to the workplace, an employer can treat you as having abandoned your job and you could be out of work with no severance package. So if that's something you're considering, uh, I would certainly give us a call before making any decision like that. What if it's a case where this employee has, uh, you know, the, just their suspicions are going off that, that that maybe this this employer, this workplace, is not complying with all the health guideline protocols? I mean, obviously they can't say, you know what, I don't think you're doing the right thing. I don't think it's clean. I don't think it's COVID safe, so I'm not coming to work. We know we can't do that. That's what you just said. But can is there something that that suspicious employee can do under under legal means? Can they call the Ministry of Health and say, could you please check this out because I don't feel safe in here? Well, no, that's an excellent point. I mean, the the point that I made was premised on great point on your end that the employer is actually doing the right things, that there's masks, that there's social mm -hmm. distancing. But if you as an employee have legitimate fears that the workplace is not safe because there's no social distance measures, no one's wearing masks, the employer doesn't have a good policy in place, you actually do have the right to refuse work on that basis and you can call the Ministry of Labour uh, to come in and do uh, an investigation to ensure that the employer is being compliant with uh, you know, providing a, a safe workplace that, that definitely minimizes the risks in accordance with the government uh, prescribed kind of guidelines with respect to what should be going on in the workplace. So certainly that's another great reason if you do have concerns in that vein about the safety of the workplace, then that is something you can act on. But assuming the employer is compliant with its obligations there, you might have a hard time saying no to uh, coming to work. By the way, anytime uh, when we're not on the air here, you want to reach out and talk to Andrew or Lior or a member of their team, that's uh, that's easy. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we always talk about pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. That's a great website, absolutely free. It's anonymous. There's a ton of information about employment law on the website, including wrapped up in there is the severance pay calculator, which you've known about and probably used uh, several times over the years since that was released, all available on pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's only, uh, what, 714, just getting rolling here, 416 870 6400 don't be bashful call in if uh, you have a question you might be helping countless other people who've been wondering the same thing as we sit here and do the show on a monday night 416-870-6400 is a way to do that termination of employment setting the record straight let's uh let's machete our way through some of these uh, these points andrew first one is this and a lot of people don't know this they don't realize it that your employer can let you go even if they don't have a good reason what's that all about yeah, what, yeah that, that is correct. What is all that all about? Uh, you know, people people call in all the time and they say, look, I've been let go. I have no idea why. My employer did not tell me why. I've been there for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. I've done a great job, no performance concerns, no discipline. How is it that I can be let go from my job? And, and as you said, 
an employer has the right to make that decision. It's a company. Company does have some autonomy to make decisions. And one of those decisions can be, I want to let this person go. The big thing is, if the employer does want to let an individual go and doesn't have a good reason for doing so, that has a cost associated with it. And that cost is to provide that person with a reasonable severance package. And that is why severance packages essentially exist, is to tell a person, an employee who is let go, look, this company didn't really have a legitimate reason to let you go. And now it has to give you some money as a security net for you to go out there and find a new job. So you're not, you know, in some dire straits without income after losing your job. So that is kind of essentially why severance exists in the first place. Right. We're talking about this as well. Termination of employment, setting the record straight. Yeah, we often talk about the, you know, as stupid as it would be, your employer can say, you know, you come in tomorrow. Well, not you because that'd be Lee or your boss, but say you're working for somewhere else <laughs> and someone says, Andrew, you know what? You drive a green car. Eh, I don't like your green car. I like white cars. So I'm going to let you go. Legally, they could do that if they pay you your full severance. Stupid example, completely morally bankrupt, but legal, legal. <laughs> exactly. I mean, whatever color car that's that's in play, just got to pay them out. I, I mean, exactly. you know, an example that I use sometimes, which might kind of paint a better picture is, you know, imagine a company, a new company, you know, was starting operations and they had uh, five, they hired five salespeople and they told these salespeople, mm. look, we'll pay you 100% commission. You'll earn 20% of all sales. And the company kills it. They have an amazing year, a great first year. And to the point where all these five commissioned salespeople, they all take home $250,000 at the end of the year in wages just because they've made so many sales. An employer can turn around and say, I'm paying these people way too much money. <laughs> and they can let those people go and then offer you know, new salespeople to come in you know, a base salary of 115, 120,000, which the employer might think is competitive. And that's totally fine. And in that scenario, actually, they've let those people go for doing too good of a job. Um, so things like that take place, they happen. And again, the, just the reality is you make these decisions, but pay the people the severance. And that's, you know, one of the big reasons why we exist as a firm to make sure that if people are let go and there was no reason for it, we try to get them paid. We'll take a short break and uh, want to get to our phone calls right away. Monica, see you there. Hang on the line. Just let us get through a quick break here, and we'll get to your phone call. Uh, you want to hang on there, Monica. Appreciate that. And for you as well, plenty of time, 416-870-6400, help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show, Monday night edition, right here on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to it. You bet. 416-870-6400 is the way to call through. Don't be bashful. Got lots of time, lots of lines. Monica, thank you so much for hanging on. Good evening. Hi, good evening. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, we sure can. What's uh, what's going on with you? Okay, so I'm actually calling on behalf of my dad, mm-hmm. who is uh, near retirement age. And um, he's just been called back to work. And he does have underlying And he's a salesman, so he can't take a job from home. So we were just talking about it, and he's considering quitting his job of 40 years. 
because he just doesn't want to be put in a in a situation where he doesn't feel like he'd be safe. Hmm. So my question is, would you recommend that be the he takes? Because I think if he just quits, he would not be entitled to any severance. Yeah. So Monica, you hit the nail on the head. If he does quit, he's not entitled to a severance. So if you resign from your job, you do not get severance. But you know, as you indicated earlier, if he was near retirement and he was going to retire anyway, that's essentially a resignation and likely he would not get severance in that scenario either. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I can say is if he does have underlying health issues and his doctor agrees that, look, it's based on his health issues, he should not be entering the workplace, then as long as he gets a medical documentation from his doctor supporting that, then the company needs to accommodate him. And that could involve one, canvassing whether he can do part, at least part of his job, if not his full job remotely. So they should be looking into that. If that is legitimately impossible to do, then they should still allow him to take an unpaid leave of absence and just remain on a medical leave of absence. And at least in the meantime, he can apply for you know, EI benefits, they can issue a record of employment saying he's on a medical leave and he can get EI benefits. And who knows if, I don't know when he's planning on re retiring, if it's not for another year and a half, two years, then at least yeah. he can remain on a leave of absence. And if things calm down, hopefully sooner than later, you know, who knows at this stage, but then he can return to work at a time when his doctor feels it's appropriate to go back. So he's not forced into a box and he's not gonna be forced to quit. Uh, that's another option that's available to him, but he would need to get some medical support for that. For that. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much for that information. Thanks, Monica. Appreciate that. And I'm sure uh, you or your dad would like to uh, carry on and get some more information uh, from Andrew. No problem. Here's how you do that. It's one 821 5900 or you got the option of help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, still plenty of time, 416 870-6400. Do like Monica. Ask that question. Get some answers. Anna, thank you for standing by. Good evening. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Great. What's uh, what's on your mind? Go ahead. Uh, I have a question, actually. So when a company is going through an acquisition, um, another one is obviously taking over. Um, there's no break in employment, but does the first company owe its employees any kind of a package? Well, excellent question, and that's something we see all the time. If you're, you know, it, it, uh, part of it would have to do how the company is acquired. It's sometimes they purchase the shares, sometimes they purchase the assets. But if there's no break in service and you simply continue on with your employment for this new company, then no, the first company doesn't necessarily have to give you a severance package, but the new company would inherit uh, inherit your years of service with the previous one. So. If on a Friday you worked your last day for company A and then it was acquired by company B and on Monday you continue doing exactly what you were doing for the same pay and the same job for company B who just purchased company A, then you know all your rights remain and your, your years of service would carry over. And if you were terminated by company B, if your employment was terminated by the purchaser, the new company, then your severance should be based on your full years of service. So you would right, maintain okay. your you you would maintain your rights. What you need to be careful of is sometimes the new company might ask you to sign an employment contract, and that could 
act to take away some of your rights or limit your severance. So if you do work for a company that is purchased by another and that new company, the purchaser, wants you to sign a new contract, you it would be very incumbent upon you to have an employment lawyer look that over so you can have an idea of maybe what you're giving up by signing this thing. Okay, and just one more question. Um, sure. It would also, uh, the factor would also obviously be there to make sure that the salary and benefits and pensions and et cetera are exactly the same as to what we have now. Sorry, the new co you're, you're saying that the new company has to, you're asking if they have to maintain everything the way it is? Right, right, like the actual benefits and the salaries, not just the seniority. Well, they should be. If they're just taking over your company, the old company, they're, you're not signing any new contract, you might be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal, having your parts of your compensation being taken away. So that's something you should definitely okay. keep an eye on. It depends to what extent, but keep an eye on that. And if you have concerns about, oh, they got rid of A, B, and C for my compensation plan, then uh, you, know, you might want to speak to a lawyer about that, certainly. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you for no your problem. time, Anna. Appreciate that. If you want to reach out to Andrew, here's uh, how you do that. Suggest you have a further conversation. one 821 5900 But here now on the radio, 416-870-6400. William, you are up next, sir. Good evening. Hi, good evening. How are you guys doing? Great. What's on uh, What's on your mind, friend? Uh, hi, just a quick question. Um, I'm planning on going away at the end of the year to um, see my daughter... Um, my wife and I are split up, and she lives overseas, and I have custody of my daughter. Now, we're planning on going away in December, and I know we have to quarantine when we come back. Now, I've heard from co-workers that um, I can collect the CERB for the two weeks that I'm at home in quarantine. Is that correct, or do I just have to stay at home and just obviously take the loss on the pay? Well, the CERB benefit, the CERB benefit, actually does not exist anymore. Okay? Yeah, I forget what it's called or if it's just EI now. No, so there's EI, which, which still exists, and there's, yeah. a, there's one called the CRB benefit. So it's pretty much the CERB benefit with no E, okay? Oh, okay. Um, and uh, if you came back and were on a medical leave, so you, you were off work as a result of uh, quarantining because of... Uh, the you know the pandemic essentially because you were traveling and had to uh, quarantine. I, I believe you would apply. There's three types of the new CRB benefit. I, I believe one of them has to do specifically with individuals who have to take time off work as a result of the virus for you know yeah. medical reasons or quarantining or otherwise. So what I'd recommend: give Service Canada a call. Let them know kind of what your situation is and what your schedule is. You're traveling from date A to B and are going to return and here's my quarantine dates. And someone from Service Canada should certainly help walk you through, you know, whether you qualify for the new, again, it's the CRB benefit. It's not the CERB, it's CRB and, and what the application process would entail. So I would recommend maybe doing that. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, William. Appreciate that. Thank you so much for your call. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400 is the number to use it like everyone is. That's the way the show goes. Stu, thanks for standing by. How are you? Hi, great show, guys. Thanks a lot for taking my call. You bet. Uh, uh, can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah. Go for it. We can hear you loud and clear. Perfect. I have been laid off due to COVID 
for, I believe it's about eight and a half months now. Um, there's, it doesn't seem like there's any end to this. Uh, I, I'll probably be off till the new year. Uh, I've got a bunch of years in with the company, uh, 20 plus years. Uh, what, what are my options here? Like, um, I know the government changed things that you can be permanently, like there's that permanent uh, uh, laid off status that's called termination. So is that in my case now? So, <clears throat> Stu, okay, so the reality is as follows, okay? Have you ever been laid off before? Never. And have you ever signed an employment contract or an employment offer or anything like that? No, I haven't. Okay, so the overwhelming odds are you can take the position that the employer never had the right to place you on a layoff, okay? Because okay. an employer has to have the right to do it. Not all employers can put its employees on a temporary layoff only if they have the right to do so, which they get from a contract. If you sign one, it could say, we have the right to put you on a temporary layoff. Or if you've been laid off before numerous times, the employer can take the position, well, we'll do it again. But in your case, neither of those exists, okay? So you okay. can very well take the position that you never agreed to this layoff, and as a result, you wanna treat your employment as being what's called constructively dismissed, which is essentially a termination, and you can pursue your severance entitlements, okay? If you okay. don't do that, the way that this is currently structured is you're on what's called an infectious disease emergency leave, which I think was what you were referencing before. It's not a permanent termination, but it lets employers continue temporary layoffs longer than they used to. That can go to January 2nd, and depending okay. whether or not you have, do you have benefits coverage or no? Like health and dental uh, or anything? No, I don't, no. Okay, so in this case, since you don't, after January 2nd, they might try to keep you on a layoff for another three months. So it might not be until sometime in March, if not later, if the government changes the rule again, unless you take uh, action here and commence a claim for constructive dismissal. So you can either do that, you can contact our firm, we help people with that, like that, you know, that's a huge part of our practice these days because so many people are on temporary layoffs. Um, so we help people with that all the time. So if you if pursuing a severance of something you're interested in, uh, John will shoot you the number and we'll, uh, we'll certainly speak with you and try to help you out when, however we can. Okay. Okay. That's great. Uh, just a quick thing. They they sure. have asked me, they do tell me that they're not going to get rid of anybody. They do want us back. But, I mean, I, I kind of want to move on now. Like, it, like, I'm hanging on for, you know, for dear life here with the, the, the EI that I'm on. So... Yeah, that's completely understandable. I mean, there's so many people in your in your shoes. I mean, there are a lot of people that they don't it's not their priority. They don't want to go after severance. They'd prefer to go back to the company, but most people can't survive on EI for a year. You've already been on for eight and a half months, probably since March. You could be on until yeah. March, 2021. It's going to be a year. A lot of people can't yeah. afford that. So it's going to be a decision that you have to make. I mean, you have to assess whether you can hang on as you were saying, or you want to get the ball rolling and, and try to go after your severance. Only you can make that decision, but okay. if, the, if the decision is to go after your severance, we're here for that very reason. We're happy to help. Okay, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. 
Uh, Stu, you're, uh, you're welcome. Thanks for your time and your time taking the phone call. It's great. Here's how you do it, one 855 821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the, uh, the email address. Getting back to this in between the phone calls, by the way, still open, still lines available for you, 416-870-6400. Uh, termination of employment, setting the record straight. Your employer can't fire you simply because eh, they don't want to accommodate your disability. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a big no. Um that's a bad one. That's a, that's a low-hanging fruit on that one. So if, if you have a disability, if you have an illness, a physical disability, um, you know, a mental health problem, and you require accommodation in the workplace, and you have a right to that accommodation, and an employer must make efforts to accommodate you. And, you know, for, for instance, if you have a physical ailment, you know, such that you can't bend or you can't lift certain amounts or you can't sit beyond a certain period of time, employers have to accommodate that. Or maybe you have a mental health problem, which necessitates that you need, you know, two weeks off work to seek treatment, or, you know, you used to work 55 or 60 hours a week, but your doctor's saying that's too much, so now you have to work 40 hours a week. Your employer must accommodate you. And they can't fire you just because it's easier. Obviously, it'd be much easier for an employer to say, well, screw this. <laughs> I'm not going to help this person out. They'll just let them go. This is a million times easier. There's laws against that. And that's, you know, the Human Rights Code in Ontario protects you as an employee with a disability. And if an employer does let you go because you do have a disability, not only would you be entitled to severance, but you could pursue a claim for human rights damages because you can take the position the employer breached the Ontario Human Rights Code, which is a big no, and uh, it, th- that would be a very straightforward case uh, more often than not, and people you know, typically tend to be awarded quite a bit of money in those scenarios. 416-870-6400. Reminder, you can still use that number. We've still got, uh, got time here. In between that, we were talking termination of employment, setting the record straight. This goes back to uh, what Stu was talking about and a couple of other calls. A temporary layoff is essentially it's a termination, right? It is. The vast, vast majority of the time, a temporary layoff is a termination. As we discussed with Stu, only in the very rare circumstances where an employer has, has put in your contract of employment that they can put you on a temporary layoff, which is very rare. I mean, going forward, I anticipate we're going to see this way more often than we used to. But for many of the employment contracts that exist, the vast majority don't mention temporary layoffs. And as a result, in, you know, you as an employee can take the position, employer, I never gave you the right to put me on a temporary layoff. The employer is taking away your hours of work and your earnings by putting you on this layoff. And you could say, no, I don't agree. I want to treat my employment as being terminated. So this is probably the, the most common issue we see these days with the, the pandemic and the you know crazy amounts of temporary layoffs that are taking place around the province and the country. Um, and we're helping people left, right, and center who want to treat that as a termination go after their severance packages. Here's what you don't do. You don't go to the Ministry of Labor if you've been let go and wondering about severance, right? Yes, that would be a huge mistake. A lot of people think, okay, you know, the Ministry of Labor, they exist for these very reasons. I have a problem with my workplace. I'm going to go to the Ministry of Labor. They're going to help me out. When it comes to severance, that could be the worst decision you make as an employee. 
And the reason for that, and this is something we talk about all the time on the show, there's really you can break up your severance entitlements into two pieces. On one hand, you have your full severance entitlement, which is based on your age, your length of service, your position, what kind of job you had. And then there's the minimum entitlements. And your minimum entitlements could be a fraction of your full severance entitlement. Sometimes people are owed, you know, up to 18, 20, 24 months of their full entitlement, but their minimum entitlement would only be eight weeks. So that could be the difference between, you know, 10 and $150,000. And if you go to the Ministry of Labor, they cannot help you get your full severance entitlement. They can only help you get your minimum entitlement. So you could be giving up, you know, some, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars, usually at minimum tens of thousands of dollars by going to the Ministry of Labor if you're let go and want to go after your severance through them. So definitely do not do that. Speak to a lawyer first. Uh, you know, it could be the best decision you've ever made. Seriously, call uh, call Andrew or Lior for even for a quick chat about a severance number always before you make a move. And God, don't sign anything. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. that number. But here now to ask your question uh, on air is 416-870-6400. Does he, uh, they never used to, but does the Ministry of Labor now have at least something, a, a line on their website saying, you may be entitled to more for that, consult legal advice. I mean, do they have anything in that regard? Because they should. They don't, they're not too great about it, uh, pointing it your way. Um, and this is kind of why we have the show uh, for this very reason, so that we can educate people on what their entitlements are. Uh, you know, it's it's tough out there. And, and we also have the employment calculator for that very reason, too, the, the uh, severance pay calculator, so that people can go out there and, and see what they're entitled to. And, uh, you know, just hopefully enough people are out there listening. I, I don't think it happens as often as, uh, you know, one would think. I think it's it's seldom actually that people call us and they say, oh, I went to the Ministry of Labor first. Uh, you know, can you guys help me? And we have to tell them no. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it still happens. And, and we're out here for this very reason. So definitely the, the, the primary thing to do would be give us a call first. Termination of employment, setting the record straight. You do not have to sign your termination papers or severance offer on the way out the door. Or for that matter, if it says, you know, next Tuesday at 5, you got to have this back to us. That is not necessary. Not necessary. No, not at all. And uh, employers will do this all the time. You know, you'll a person will be let go. They'll bring them into a meeting, maybe with human resources, their immediate manager, whoever. And they'll say, listen, we're letting you go. They'll corner them in a room. These days, less likely with the pandemic. They'll probably have some kind of Zoom meeting or something. I don't know. Um, and they'll give you your termination papers and then say, you know, here's your severance offer. If you want this, sign this. And uh, people, a lot of people haven't been fired more than once, sometimes twice. Very often when people call me personally in our firm, these people have never had, you know, a need to speak to a lawyer before. And they're anxious and they don't know what's going on. So many of these people, they feel pressure. They're like, oh, God, if I don't sign this severance offer right now, maybe I'll lose it forever. I better sign it or, or you know, God knows what's going to happen. Absolutely not. You have no obligation to sign it. Employers try to do this thing where they say sign it now or here's three days, sign it in three days or we're taking it off the table. They do that as an intimidation strategy to try to get you to take less 
than what you're owed. So don't worry about that. Don't listen to their spiel about sign it by this date or that date or the other. It means absolutely nothing. It could not mean less. Um, people share that with me all the time. Like, oh, but it's due, my answer is due Thursday. What are we gonna do? Right. And I say, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. So you absolutely do not have to sign your papers by the deadline that the employer gives you. Um, and you have the right to kind of take your time. And if you're not happy with the package, you're going to go after more anyway. So who cares about their deadline? You're not going to take their subpar offer anyway. So don't even worry about it. Let's get a call in here in our remaining couple of minutes. Uh, Robert, thank you for standing by. How are you? Good, good. Yourself? Great. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, have a corporation register them and, and uh, get business from another company to do courier job for multiple government agencies and other clinics um, they mentioned to us in the contract that there's a 70 percent and 30 percent cut on the 100 percent that they charge the clients but no way for us to know what that 100 percent is and it's been like that for a long time and they keep cutting back on that amount of commission that we get paid by just saying that we're just charging them less every time. Is there an obligation on their part to show the 100% that they're billing the customers? Okay, so if I'm understanding correctly, so do you get the 70 cut or the 30 cut? Well, 70. <laughs> yeah, okay, I hope so. Okay, um, so your point is you don't actually know what they're charging the end client, so you could be getting ripped off on your 70%. Correct. Okay, so you don't you personally might not be able to necessarily go to the employer and force them to show you, but that's something you can certainly do with a lawyer. If you think you have a claim against them for, uh, you know, unpaid, you know, contractual earnings pursuant to your 70-30 split, you can definitely speak to a lawyer and work with that lawyer to help uh, help you get those numbers. Because at the end of the day, if you seek legal counsel to go after the numbers and they're hiding them, there's probably a reason they're hiding them, right? And right. if they ha if they have nothing to hide, then likely they'll work with the, you know your lawyer and and try to get to the bottom of it to show that they're doing everything above board. So you might personally not necessarily be able to go to them without legal counsel to get them to show you the numbers, but you would certainly be able to do that with legal representation. But we continue with the business. And we don't want to um, stop that business that we're receiving from them without mentioning our name, without them finding out it's us approaching this matter. Is it doable? Not especially, no. Yet to some point you'd have to, your right to that information is through the fact that you are a contractor for them, right? Like you can't just get it anonymously. They don't have to just show anonymous people their earnings for different contracts, of course not. You'd have to, unfortunately, I understand you don't want to tarnish the relationship you have, but look, there's ways of going about it. Just because you hire a lawyer to help you with something doesn't mean you're going to go in guns blazing to try to ruin the relationship. You could do things amicably and, and in a professional manner, and that might not necessarily happen. But you know, you have to decide as an individual how you want to broach that topic. You, you know, to some degree, you're going to be stirring the pot a bit. But if you think you're owed money, you might have to take that chance. That's going to be up to you. At the point of termination, how far back can we go? 
at the well you could it depends when it, it's a, two years conservatively it could be more depending on when you discovered it and because you don't really know yet it could be more than two years but at least two years you could probably go back and that'll just about do it for a, another show, brother. Appreciate it, Andrew. You want to reach out to him now? You can. Uh, you can do so. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's the number outside of the hour of the show. There's that. There's help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you simply shorten that down to employmentlawyer.ca. That's the website to catch our TV show across a couple different markets, including Global TV and CTV. And there's always the route of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Outstanding, free, absolutely anonymous. We'll pick it up again here on Wednesday night. But uh, right now, don't move a muscle. Don't go anywhere. Keep it tuned. On Point, Alex Pearson returns on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.